This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hockey Podcast with Brian Metzer of the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Tim Benz, along with you as always on the Breakfast Benz Podcast here at the Fans First Network, brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. We build decks year-round, and we're now booking into the spring and summer of 2024. To take advantage of their current winter special, all you got to do is go to gergerconstruction.com. It's $1,000 off your new deck if it's installed by March 1st of this year, again, gergerconstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Mets can be heard on the Penguins Radio Network during intermissions, postgame, Pens Live Weekly as well with Paul Steigerwald. Mets, what was the reaction following the game against Arizona to the drop pass that ended up becoming an own goal? I think we were just as mesmerized and flabbergasted as the rest of Penguins Nation, Tim. It was one of those moments that we just tried to have fun with it on the postgame show because what else could you possibly do with something like that? Um, We read tweets from the masses pretty much excoriating the the two gentlemen involved. Uh, Most people seem to blame Gino. I tend to believe it was a little bit of both guys' involvement on that situation, but boy, did that not just sum up this entire hockey season to this ex- or to this point, that one play? I think it's very symbolic of what's been going on this season. I think Latang kind of blamed Gino too, albeit passive aggressively. Yes, he he it, you know what? It was passive aggressively, but at the same time he he wasn't shy about all but throwing them under the bus. Yeah, he, th- he threw him under the bus. <laughs> the problem was Gino wound up at his own net. So there you go. <laughs> I, you know what? I just don't know. I, I get it. I know what they were doing on the situation. It made sense. You're looping back. You're trying to kill time to get your full power play. Um, but you, you can't throw any sort of drop pass into an area in and around the empty net. Too many things can go wrong. And this year, too many things are going wrong for the Penguins. And it bit them in the backside. 
I did feel bad for Gino, though, because it seemed like the pass caught him a little bit off guard because Chris Letang, the way he looped, he had nothing but open ice along the wall. He could have just kind of circled around again and went back up the wall, but he threw the pass back, and next thing you know, a two-goal lead for the opposition, and Gino looking as if he wanted to fashion a noose. It was dropping for dropping's sake, which does drive me crazy on the power play or, in this case, the you know extra skater situation. Yeah. They do it way too much, uh, even whenever you have a goaltender back there. Sometimes they drop it to the goaltender uh, to, to reset their breakout. I just I don't know why they always do that reset with a draw pass. There's a lot of times they do it in the neutral zone, too, and I've seen it over the years get picked off and go the other direction in an odd man rush. So, I mean, maybe that's a valuable lesson learned, but it's going to be one that's going to hang over their head all season and probably in perpetuity now. People are always going to remember that two of the big three put the puck into the empty net while the other one sat there like just looking at them in disbelief because if that didn't sum everything up, the shot afterwards did with Sid just with the stick over his head looking to the heavens in complete disbelief about what had just happened. Chris Letang calling on... Uh, God, you know, oh my God, what had happened here? It just, it was just terrible, but it all came off of an ill-fated drop, drop pass that they do way too often. <clears throat> I know what Sid's thinking. I'm sure I can get a good sense of what's going through his mind, but what's going through my mind is, isn't this exactly what Sid wanted? Probably. Yeah. I mean, when you bring everybody back, I mean, they wanted to keep the big three together and technically, you can extend that a little bit. Even you can mention it as the big four because they kept Brian Rust. And keeping the big four is probably going to keep Sid from being able to keep his favorite winger uh, in Jake Gensel just because of the money situation, the salary cap structure, where they all are as a team. I, I don't know if Kyle Dubas is really going to be the true guide into the future here for this organization that he finds a way to sign Jake Gensel. I, I think he would look at him as a way to maybe bolster the team a little bit this year, but more so to gather pieces for the future because this team does not look like one that is primed for a Stanley Cup at this point. They may not even make the playoffs. I mean, they're really on the outside looking in. And yeah, some of that's by virtue of not playing a lot of hockey over the last two weeks, and they're still not going to play a lot moving into the future here with only two games remaining before February 6th. But I, I just think that, yeah, you're right, Tim. Building the team the way that those guys wanted it to be built is kind of why they are where they are, even though I think to a large extent Sid and Chris Letang are, are, are having pretty fine seasons. Gino having a good statistical year, but he, he definitely has been the worst of those three if you wanted to rate them uh, from one to three. What does Sid want at this point, do you think? Does he want another cup, or does he just want the nostalgia tour and to be comfortable until he retires, whenever that might be? Knowing what I know of him, I would say he wants a Stanley Cup more than he wants anything else. He would love – I mean, the guy does not like losing. Um, I think that he's single-handedly trying to will this team to victory night in and night out. Sometimes he's successful. Many times he's not because you can't be – you know, uh, a Viking ship with one one paddle in the water, and that's kind of what's happening right now. He has led the the charge, and yeah, Jake Gensel's helped a lot. He's had a, a very fine season, but the team is just failing in a lot of different ways. And what I started to look at here, because I mentioned it to you just last time we spoke, it was easy to look back to December 12th and say, well, boy, they've been on this little bit of a, a quality run of hockey, and that's ended. They, they really stunted that on January 1st. 
in the month of January now, Tim, they are three, four, and two. So the way we look at it, because I know you agree with me on this, they're three and six since January 1st. And the only other time they had a good extended run of success this year is when they went five and oh between 11, uh, four and 11, 14 back in November. So those two runs accounted for a 12, one and one record the rest of the season, they're nine, 16 and five. So it's just not a good team right now based on how they're playing. But that being said, I think Sidney Crosby still very badly wants to win and it's got to be driving him crazy watching what is happening. He's trying to say the, say and do the right things and be a good leader. But inside, I think he's got to be pretty ripped up based on what, what's been going on. I hear you. I want to agree with you. In theory, I think I agree with you. But I don't know how Sid divorces what he wants in terms of comfort and being what is necessary if they are to pursue another cup before he were to retire. And that is to be more cutthroat and just say, well, it's not working this way anymore. And... I just think they painted themselves in a corner, if not just keeping Malkin and Latang, but also the pieces extending beyond that, to your point, and tying up dollars in Raquel, Rust, and Jari that's going to prevent them from likely figuring out a way to keep Gensel. Well, and I think based on performance this year, you can almost say, okay, Jari made a little bit of sense, and he's played well enough to warrant the contract because in comparison to some other goalies around the league, He's not really overpaid at this point. So that that's okay. But I still think that the corner that they painted themselves into that you mentioned does come from Brian Rust a little bit because he's been in and out of the lineup. He's not been able to play. He's not been able to stay healthy. But when he's been in, he still kind of carried his load. It's Raquel is an albatross contract right now. Um, Riley Smith is an albatross contract. Eric Carlson is killing them. And Ryan Graves is killing them. Those contracts, I think, more than anything else, are going to keep them from keeping Jake Gensel just based on all the money that's going to be tied up in those players moving into the future. Not Riley Smith so much because he he's done, I believe, after this year. But you have Raquel long term. You got Graves. I, I saw somebody tweet yesterday. I forget. I think it was just um, a fan. But he said, it's hard to get your head around the fact that Ryan Graves will be on this team until he's 35 years old and he's only 28. <laughs> that really hit home when you hear it that way in terms of the contract that they signed him to. And Eric Carlson, yeah, he's riding a nine-game scoring streak, Tim. But for whatever reason, it just – and I know that people scream to the heavens on on social media about his, his analytics are great. Well, it's not passing my eye test because every game he's giving up at least two odd man rushes with a bad pass or an ill-fated you know, flick of the wrist. So, yes, he's creating a lot but he's also really surrendering a lot. So those contracts are really putting them in a bad spot right now. And I don't know what Kyle Dubas can do to get out of it. And to your original point, can Sid divorce himself from it? I don't know. I mean, he's going to be, he, he would have to be the guy to walk in and say, look, either I want to go somewhere with a chance to win, or you need to make significant changes before next season in, in the way of trades, buyouts, etc. And then that also hamstrings them. So they, they really, it's a catch 22 and they really are painted into a corner. As you said, I'm with you on the Carlson thing. We all knew there would be good and bad. I want to see more of the good. I want to see more of the high end. I want to see more of his presence influencing how they play as opposed to like what you just alluded to him being a point collector. Yeah. I mean, and I get it. That's to a large extent what he has kind of done later in his career here is become a point collector. But all of the people pointing to all of the good things he did last year, saying that his minus 
Um, you know, rating was due in large part to shorthanded slash empty net situations and all these kinds of things, which there was a little bit something to that. But for whatever reason, it's just not gelling. I, I don't know why it's not working, but there's some sort of disconnect there at times between what you need him to do for the good and what's actually happening out on the ice. I don't know if there's some sort of lack of communication between players, if he doesn't want to step on toes. You've heard a couple of below below the table type comments from him. Um, I, I think it was a couple different guys tweeted it out after a game uh, probably last week or two weeks ago, asking him what the problem is three on three in overtime. And he said, I have my theories, but I'll keep it to myself, essentially. Well, are you blaming Sid and Gino? Or are you blaming Chris Letang? Is that your way of you know being passive aggressive, passive aggressive in, in his own way? I don't know. But there's just something not working there. And it's looking like Kyle Dubas's want to go and get his white whale, which was Eric Carlson, because he badly tried to get him or he wanted to get him at the trade deadline last year when he was collecting all of those pieces for the Maple Leafs and he missed out. So he made it his mission to get him this summer. And that might end up biting him in the backside more than anything else, because you're not getting out from under that contract now without giving away things that would help you. So I think he ends up playing the contract out in Pittsburgh. And I think it's going to be to the organization's detriment based on what we've seen. Yeah, I was never really a guy who was banging the drum and being all that over-the-top effusive in praise of Kyle Dubas. But I do think he is in a tough spot. If he really is a great roster constructor, there's very little capability for him to construct the roster with so many no-trade clauses and uh, so many outlying forces involved here with you know, the held over from what happened with Hextall and Burke and just, you know, kind of being dictated as to what members of the core are going to have to stay here for as long as Crosby, Malkin, and Latang want them all to stay collectively, want themselves to stay collectively. It's it's a tough putt for him, I get it, but it's not like I've been blown away by any move he has made. No, um, you know, it was impressive that he moved out so many bad contracts in the Carlson deal. But you could flip it the other way and say the Sharks felt like they were ridding themselves of a bad contract. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, and I don't really mean it this way. But if you look at it situation by situation, you can make a case that the Sharks are getting more from Mikhail Granlund being a top six player for them than the Penguins are getting from Eric Carlson. And that sounds blasphemous. But, I mean, think about it. The kid became a, a top six player for them. He's, you know, putting up points helping some young guys along. Um, and, and he's doing kind of some of the stuff that you would have hoped to have seen when he was in Pittsburgh that never really manifested. So, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, that was the one move that, that looked pretty good in terms of shedding a number of bad contracts to maybe consolidate them into one. You know what that is, Tim? It's a consolidation loan. Uh, he had a bunch of debt and he, you know, he went out to discover or one of those credit cards and said, I'll take the $25,000 loan to pay off all my small credit cards with one nice, tidy monthly payment. And uh, that's kind of what he did. Well, I just got reassessed, so my taxes are going up. Maybe I can seek some advice then about how to handle that. Uh, before we go, Mets, what do we make of the Florida Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens coming into town before the break? Uh, one number before I answer that for you, Tim. 13 no-move or modified no-move clauses that Kyle Dubas is dealing with on the current roster at this moment. Four on the backside, one in net and all the rest with the forwards. So that's a pretty tough spot to be in. But um, I think it's it's not an easy couple games. I mean, 
You have the Montreal Canadiens. I think they always play the Penguins pretty well. I think it might be a little easier in Pittsburgh than it might have been if you had to go up to the Bell Center. But playing them here in town, they it might be the best time to run into them, put it that way, just because they've lost three in a row. Uh, they have Patrick Waugh uh, on deck coming here uh, tonight, I believe it is, that they're going to play the Islanders and Patrick Waugh, which we didn't even get into. Boy, he came out of the weeds to take over there for Lou Lamarillo. So I'm curious to see how he does against his old team. But they could feasibly be on a four-game losing streak going up against the Penguins. So that's one thing that would be interesting for them, a way to right the ship in their final game before the break. But the Florida Panthers, um, they've been up and down this season as well. But the Penguins, I just think, sometimes struggle with them and they give up scoring opportunities too often that will result in goals for guys like Sam Reinhardt and Matthew Kachuk, et cetera, et cetera. So two very tough games in my view, sitting there at the end of the schedule before they can sit and think about it all until February 6th. Hey, real quick. Do you really think the coyotes want to move out of mullet arena? That seems like a pretty good fit there. You know what? It, it's certainly fun for those guys. I mean, they they almost fill that building with you know crazy heads every night. It was full of a lot of black and gold the other night, which was interesting. But yeah, I, I just I mean, I don't know how a team could survive paying the salaries that you have to in the National Hockey League long term there. But I would probably it, it still play some games there, even if they get another dedicated building, just because it seems like such a fun atmosphere and. How often are you going to make the opposing players walk through a rainstorm to get to their locker room? Because didn't that happen to the Penguins the other night as they were exiting the game? Oh, I, I didn't hear that. And of course <laughs> it happens in the desert, literally. Yeah, yeah. That's when you really know that you were just jinxed and you're going through something a little bit ugly when you have to walk through rain after losing by putting a goal into your own net. Mets, appreciate it. We'll do it again next week before the break, okay? Sounds good to me, my friend. Thank you for this as always. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Check him out at Penns Live Weekly on Saturdays. Intermissions during Penguins broadcasts on 105.9 The X and postgame as well. Brought to you again by Gerger Construction. Go to Gerger Construction now. Get a free estimate on your new deck. $1,000 off your new deck if installed by March 1st of this year as Gerger Construction is taking reservations for deck work booking into spring and summer 2020. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 24.